0: Good morning. I wanna say Lydia House, but I'd rather say Red Barn people. Good morning, Red Barn people. Luann, open it up for us.
1: And then she needs the mic. Uh,
2: Last week, week, uh, we talked about Daniel. And uh, in Daniel, we talked about how he prayed And what he did is he asked God to forgive him, even though he was praying for the nations, his nation, his people. And he asked God to forgive him. And then he prayed to God to listen to his prayer. It's like he was saying, God, uh, here I am, listen. So he's being emphatic. It's not casual. It's uh, concerted. It's, it's emphatic. It's effectual and fervent is what we call it in the New Testament. And then he says, oh, Lord, hear. So he's bringing attention to what he's saying. He's asking God, hear what I'm saying. Hear me. And then he says, for your sake for your sake? Why would it be for God's sake? Because God has a reputation. And the reputation uh, of, of God and his people right now is is coming under attack. There's no question about it. And so then what is our next step? It's like, okay, then what do we do? Okay, so we're going to turn to Ephesians. That's what we're going to do.
0: Thanks. her here. Yeah
2: and in Ephesians it says pray pray same thing Daniel's doing it says pray at all times on every occasion in every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to that end keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people, God's consecrated people. Okay. Who are we praying for? Who did Daniel pray for? He prayed for his people. And so that's what we're doing here this morning. Lord, we're praying for our people this morning. In Jesus' name, we ask you, Lord, first of all, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for whatever we have done. And every day, Lord, we make mistakes, but every day, Lord, we are under the blood and you forgive us because of what Christ has done for us at the cross. He said it is finished and it is finished. And as we look expectantly to him, Lord, we have the answers. We have the deliverance. Lord, we even have the healing. And if not in this world, because sometimes it is sickness is unto death, then we have the healing in the next. And even people that we lose, Lord, we don't. Because our God is a God of the living and not the dead. And so, Lord, we we pray now for our people that you would send revival, that you would send deliverance, and that you would send healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, revivals have been on the top end with just preachers and and people like that. And revivals have been on the, the crowd end with people in the street. Lord, this one I want everybody, Lord, everybody from top to bottom to be in this revival in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you to be with us this morning as we worship you in, in music, and we lift up your name to glory and to honor in Jesus' name. We ask you to be with us in the uh, assembly and the preaching as well in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, we, that we get to worship you this morning. Amen and amen.
0: Amen. Have you ever gotten the idea that Luann loves the Word of God? I mean, has it, have you ever seen that? Is it visible? Uh, oh yeah. Wonderful Amen. that she loves God's Word. Did that rub off on any of her kids? Oh yeah. I, know, I know Matt. I used to work closely with him. He'd preach at Lydia House. And Nate and Steph. So it rubbed off. Yeah. That's Wonderful. Yes. Your birthday boy, Yes, tomorrow. I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, I am. I'll be 77 on June 7th. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to you.
3: Happy birthday to you. Happy
1: birthday, dear Paul. Bless
0: you. He does, he does. And one of the ways he blesses me, and I thanked him for it again this morning, is for you. I love what God's brought together in this company, this family. I love it. If you see Nate, uh, he's not here right now. He's out in this car because he suffers from... I can't say it, but he he needs coolness. And so as it cools off a little bit more, he'll be coming in. He's not sick with something else, but that is a sickness. And so let's pray together for him. Father, we bless our brother Nate. We thank you for him. And uh, we don't believe you gave him what he is living with. We don't believe you cursed him with this. We don't know why he's got it, but we know that your word tells us that we can ask and receive. You also tell us to heal the sick. You told your disciples, heal the sick. You didn't say when you go out, try to heal them. And so we want to see the sick healed among us, including Nate from this situation that uh, he lives with very uncomfortably. And so we pray healing. We speak healing to our brother Nate. We thank you for Nate's leadership. We thank you for his gifts, and we pray that he would not be hampered by this disease that afflicts him often, especially in summers like what we're experiencing now. It must be much more difficult for him now in a summer like this. And so we pray your blessing upon our brother Nate. In Jesus' name. Okay, just a couple of announcements. We, of course, share together an offering. The offering box is back there. And uh, we're thankful for those of you who are able to participate in the ministry in that way. It's one of the ways that we can participate together. And we invite you to bring a lunch next week. We'd like to eat together. And so if you bring a lunch, then we'll just stick around uh, wasn't it last week wonderful? Just the sharing that happened during the in the, middle, in the midst of the service. We love to share together. So if there are things that God's brought, put on your heart to share. You uh, feel free to share that at some point during the sermon. Nate, Nate will be service. Nate will be preaching, but uh, we can do that either before or after. So let's uh, turn our hearts, uh, prepare our hearts for worship. And we've already started that. We've, we've already entered into that. So just look inside. You don't beat yourself up and you can do this, but we say, is there anything, Lord, that I need to confess? Any words spoken uh, that were out of place so that I'm, I'm ready to, to uh, enter in fully? Father, we're sorry for anything in our heart, anything in our life, anything in our mouth, anything in our attitudes that's not pleasing to you cleanse us by your blood, renew us by your Holy Spirit, and give us joy now as we uh, share together in worship with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Aren't you glad for Blake and Stephanie who lead us and help us every week, and you guys as well? How's that? that? Is that? You got a hurt knee? Okay, we'll pray for that, too.
4: you still call me friend cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valley there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again oh there's nothing better than you Lord there's nothing nothing is better than you There's nothing Oh, There's nothing better than you No there's nothing better than you Lord there's nothing nothing is better than you You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Because there's nothing better than you. know there's nothing. Better than you, oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Better than you, no, there's nothing. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. pray that would be true in our hearts, Lord, that we would really put you first in every area of our lives. We would let nothing become more important than you are to us. turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. can. Cause there's nothing Better than you know, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you know, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing nothing is better than you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, in this world that we live in right now, we see a lot of places where we need you to move. We need you to turn some graves into gardens, to split the sea and turn it into a highway. And we read in your word about all the times that you've done that for your people throughout history, to glorify yourself and to fulfill your will on this earth. And so we ask you to do that again. Do it again in our day. Do the things that you're famous for in the word. Let us see them and experience them and proclaim your glory again. There is no fear For I believe There is no doubt Cause I have seen Your faithfulness My fortress Over and over I have a hope Found in your name, I have a strength Found in your grace, your faithfulness My fortress, over and over Make way through the water, walk me through the fire To which you are famous for what you let are you famous for shut the mouths of lies. bring dry bones to life and do let what you, like you, are you are famous, famous for let what you are you famous me. for i believe in you god i believe in you release your love Inside of me, unleash your power for all to see. Spirit, come, fall on us over and over. Make way through the water, walk me through the fire to what you are famous for what you are famous for. Shut the mouths of lions, bring dry bones to life and do what you are famous for, what you are famous for. Make way through the water, walk me through the fire. Do what you are famous for, what you are famous for. Shut the mouths of lions, bring dry bones to life do what you are famous for, what you are famous for. I believe in you, God. I believe in you, God of exceedingly, God of abundantly, more than we ask or think. Lord, you will never fail. Your name is powerful your words unstoppable all things are possible in you God of exceedingly God of abundantly more than we ask or think Lord you will never fail your name's powerful your words unstoppable all things are possible in you make way through Water. Walk me through the fire. Do what you are famous for. What you are famous for. Shut the mouths of lions. Bring dry bones to thy fed. Do what you are famous for. What you are famous for. Make way through the water. Walk me through the fire. Do what you are famous for what you are famous for shut the mouths of lions bring dry bones to life and do what you are famous for what you are famous for i believe in you god i believe in you we believe in you god we believe in you. I've seen you move, you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again. You've made a way where there was no way. I believe, I'll see you do it again I've seen you move, you move the mountains And I believe, I'll see you do it again You've made a way, where there was no way And I believe, I'll see you do it again We'll see you do it again. Oh Lord, please do it again. We'll see you do it again. Amen. Lord, do it again. Do it again in our hearts, in our families, in our neighborhood, in our cities and show us what we need to do to partner with you to see that happen, Lord. In order to see the Lord and shut the mouth of a lion, there has to be a lion.
5: And in order to go through the fire, there has to be a fire. So Lord, would you shift our thinking instead of allowing the circumstance to be at the center, that we put you at the center amen that we focus that you are in charge and we want to see you do these mighty miracles in our life we want to see those lions mouth shut so shift our praying so that we don't pray that you take away the lions we pray the victory in the midst of the lions we pray the victory in the midst of the fire so many of us Lord are walking through so many circumstances now that look out of control but the circumstance is not at the center the circumstance is not our focus You are still firmly seated on your throne. You are the center of this universe, and you always have the final say, and you always are in charge. So we give you the glory and the honor. We will not elevate the circumstances in our life. We will put them under the blood where they belong, where you are
4: victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond to that word. So everybody just close your eyes for a second. I want you to think about... What are the mountains, the lions, the giants, the, the seas you can't seem to cross? Whatever those are in your life, maybe you're carrying that for someone else, a child, a friend, a sibling, whatever that is. Just picture it in your head. And now I want you to zoom out, zoom up. Like, pretend you're looking at it, like, from a drone's point of view, and just zoom way up to heaven, up to outer space, like you're in the moon looking down. Now, do you see how small that looks now? Do you see how small that is? That's actually really insignificant. No matter how big that giant is, no matter how big that sea is, no matter how big that wall is, it's really insignificant from God's perspective. That doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about it. I mean, it's Nothing. It's nothing. It's not an obstacle. It's not a roadblock. It might be an enemy, but it's not a threat. Father, give us your perspective. Help us to not focus on our circumstance, but focus on you. You're the one who fights our battles. You're the one who's already given us the victory. So I pray that as the Apostle Paul said, that we would be rooted and grounded in your love for us. So that neither height nor depth, nor things present nor things past, angels, demons, anything else in all creation could separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's our firm foundation. So, Lord, we just receive that love now. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. If there's a fear issue, the, res- the, the remedy is love. The only remedy is the love of God. So, Lord, we just receive more of your love. And maybe we're receiving it on behalf of someone else. Like the neighbor who went to his neighbor for bread and said, I've got my friends that showed up. I don't have enough bread. I need extra. Lord, some of us need extra love to bring to other people. We all actually should be doing that, right? Lord, give us extra. Give us more bread to bring to our friends. Give us extra love to bring to our kid, our sibling, our neighbor, our, our work friend who really needs it from you. Just reach out in faith and receive that love now that God gives freely without finding fault. Is anybody sensing a follow-up word to that? I feel like somebody's got something. This is God's miracle. This is
2: God's healing. This is God's deliverance, and it's God's reputation. We stand on His healing,
6: His
2: deliverance, His miracle, and His
3: reputation.
4: That's right, Lord. This is all about you. You're the one who does the miracle. You're the one who we want to see be famous again (laughs) in this land, not us. Our names don't need to be written down anywhere but in the book of life. So we give it to you. We trust in you, Lord. Help us to surrender the things we need to surrender. If there's something we're holding back or holding on to, Lord, Maybe you're Lord of our life in every area except finances or except trusting you with our kids or except health. If there's any area where we haven't surrendered to you, I pray that you would just reveal that to us even now, but sometime this week, Lord, reveal to us if there's anything we're holding back, any area that we still maintain control and haven't yielded it to you.
1: Please. group from 2nd Corinthians 4 and I think that's this is uh, apropos here now this is this part is especially for us getting older let's say Paul and I <laughs> we do not lose heart though it, outwardly we are wasting away a little bit uh, that's my thinking here. But inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Our hearts are being renewed uh, day by day for this light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far weighs them all, even though we think it's not just light and momentary. Lord, so verse 18 answers, so we fix our eyes on what is um, not seen, but what is unseen. And that picture of, of way up looking down, it was so helpful that what we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Thank you, thank you, Father, and that we have a new perspective of who you are. We know that you're on the throne and you care for us. Praise your holy name.
4: Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours Mountain high, oh, valley low I sing out, remind my soul I am yours I am forever yours Love came down Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours I am forever yours Mountain high, oh valley low. I sing out, remind my soul I am yours. I am forever yours. One more time, Love Came Down. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high, oh valley low. I sing out, remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours. I am yours, I am yours, all my days, Jesus, I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, all my days. Jesus, I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. All my days. Jesus, I am yours. And I am yours. I am yours. All my days. Jesus, I am yours. I am yours, I am yours All my days, Jesus, I am yours I am yours, I am yours All my days, Jesus, I am yours Sing it to him. I am yours I am yours, all my days, Jesus, I am yours, because you make me brave, you make me brave, you call me out beyond the shore into the wave. you make me brave, you make me brave, no fear can hinder now. Love the made-away. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the wave. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now. Love and made her way. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me happy on the shore into the way. You make me brave. You make me brave. No fear can hinder now. To the- my soul I am yours I am forever yours One more time, love came down Love came down and rescued me Love came down and set me free I am yours I am forever yours Mountain high, oh valley low I sing out remind my soul I am yours, I am forever yours. And I am yours, I am forever yours. Oh, I am yours, I am forever yours. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you that we are yours, and you are ours. Help us to remember it. For some reason, it's so easy to forget when we look at circumstances or things that are going on in our lives. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you in our weakness to help us to remember that. Does anyone else have a word to uh, share? So if I look a little hot, it's because I'm a little hot. Thank you. So thanks, babe. So for those of you thinking it's weird for the pastor to have a wet t-shirt while uh, preaching, you're right. It's a little odd. For those who don't know, I have a genetic condition called hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia. There will be a test at the end of the service. Uh, it means that on my X chromosome, there are a couple genes that are messed up. And some of the repercussions of that are I don't have sweat pores or sweat glands, which is also why I don't have any hair growing out of like my arms and legs, if you've ever wondered. Does he wax daily? I don't. I just don't have any hair because hair grows out of the sweat pores. Did you know that? You're getting a little medical lesson this morning. Um, And so uh, my body has no way of cooling itself off naturally, so I get heat exhaustion really, really fast. And then when I get hot, it's really, really hard to cool off. And I get sick and get heat stroke and die. So we're trying to stop the last two, um, trying to prevent that. I have multiple methods, fans, wet clothing, wipes, and these cooling towels. I don't know if you've ever seen these. Every time I use one, I ask God to bless the person that invented this and the person that okayed the financing to make them, because they're awesome. And they just, they make me so much healthier and happier in my life. Um, I might, will I look like a Jewish woman? Because that's what I've always wanted. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me. Some of you got that reference? It was in the wrong key, but that's okay. Um, So in all honesty, if I can confess, I can tell you guys the truth, right? You don't care. Um, I don't like this. I don't like getting too hot. It's, It's embarrassing, and it makes me feel like, you know, I'm drawing attention to myself and putting other people out and that sort of thing so it's not my favorite which means it's humbling which is probably a good thing sometimes right um it happens to me usually on mission trips to hotter climates than this because i usually don't hang out where it's 80 degrees like this for a long period of time and we apologize by the way hopefully we will get the ac fixed soon um But interestingly, whenever I do a mission trip and I have to be like soaking wet or standing in a pool or something like that, um, I usually end up preaching on healing and people get healed. So, you know, I mean, people think it's weird that this guy who doesn't speak their language is soaking wet and looks like he's half dead and he's preaching on healing. They usually find that very strange. And then, you know, a crippled man gets healed and they think it's great. So praise God for that. Um, So just for fun, I'm just gonna pray for healing for folks now again. I know Paul already prayed, um, but why not, right? Today might be your day. It might be your kid's day, your friend's day, whoever it is you're praying for. It might be Naomi's day. Let's put a hand on her. And let's ask the Lord for healing. Father God, we thank you that you're a God who heals That's how you define yourself in the Old Testament. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And we thank you that that's who you are. And we live in a day right now where there's sort of an ebb in the spirit and the supernatural in terms of miracles. Uh, But we know that there's a day coming soon when that wave is gonna come in. And miracles are gonna start happening left and right. And maybe that's today may it be so do what you are famous for so we receive your healing and we pray for the faith to continue praying for ourselves for our loved ones for healing until we see it i think of the man who laid by the pool called shalom in jerusalem and he laid there every day probably for years and years and then one day god showed up sure glad he showed up that day the guy he didn't say you know what it hasn't happened for 20 years paul it's probably not going to happen right man it's a good thing he he didn't say that he showed up god healed him right the angel stirred the waters i don't know how that works i don't even know what that means. The angels stirred the waters. Okay, whatever. He was healed. Praise God, right? I'm a scientific guy. I like to know how things work. Um, God often reminds me that I don't need to know things sometimes. So we're going to continue to pray for healing. Somebody asked me a few months ago, we pray for healing every week at Lydia House. Several people have asked me this over the last couple of years. Why do we keep praying? Nobody's getting healed. And my response is we keep praying because nobody's getting healed. We're not gonna stop praying until uh, there's a Sunday. Maybe this, this Sunday will come. I would love this Sunday to come. When we're like, does anyone here need healing? And no one raises their hand. I'm lying, I would still pray for healing because we all know somebody who needs healing. Like the man who goes to the friend and says, I need bread for my friends. We need healing for our friends, for our family. And it's our job to bring them to him. The guy doesn't go to his neighbor, who's God in the story, right? The neighbor's God. He doesn't say, you go heal my friend. He said, you give it to me, and I'll bring it. And so that's our attitude. That's our response, right? We go to God, give us what they need, and we bring it to them. So we're we're trying to learn what that means and how to walk that out, because that's not our normal church experience, probably. And it's taking some time, but we'll get there. Amen? Amen. This is not the sermon. This one's free. Um, Anybody have any thoughts, comments? God was speaking a lot this morning, so I want to honor that, especially since we're talking about how to test a word from God. That's our topic this morning. Grab, Grab the mic. Having been healed. That's right. Steve, share. Is this one on, Brent? Great, thanks. Well, I just want oh, yep, to right.
6: say thanks because, you know, I think we take for granted a lot our intercession for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's one thing I've learned in the last probably three months. Uh, especially when you're on the receiving end, is what I, <laughs> I'm thinking, because if you don't ask, prayer or need prayer for any particular thing, uh, and then you finally receive it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's real interesting. Uh, when we came to the farewell party at Lydia House, uh, Paul was standing at the end of the driveway when I came up, and he said, I hope you know <laughs> that we've all been praying for you, and I hope you could feel it. And that struck me because I actually did. I I had to ask the Lord you know to forgive me for taking that for granted, you know I think that's often what happens to us, yeah. probably for you too. you could probably relate to this where you're praying for other people a lot, but in in the case of healing in, in this instance, but uh, you don't often get it for yourself so so I want to thank all of you, especially the ladies for praying so much. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail what this thing is with me, but it's a progressive healing going on. Uh, and for those of you who didn't pray, I forgive you. God,
4: but you can start. God now. forgives you for sure. So, but you can start now. But yeah, go ahead. Because He's not all the way healed yet, so he needs more prayer. Well, maybe we should at least say this much:
2: is well. that uh, when Steve went in the hospital. Um, his white count was over twenty thousand, and at his age, that means you have less than an eight percent chance of survival. So, and he's healed of staff. There are still things down the pipeline that we're praying for, but he's healed of that.
4: Yeah, the doctor he said he almost lost him. Yeah, he almost lost him. The doctor said they'd never seen an infection like that ever. Yeah.
2: The, the infectious disease doctor said he had never seen Staphylococcus aureus in a bladder, ever. So,
4: so you're rare. What you want. Congratulations. You're rare. That's what you want,
3: right? Paul. Wait. We have a recent healing testimony. Um, back in May, we went to Missouri, and they do healing ministry there. They have a regular weekly prayer service for it. And so Adriana wanted to go for prayer. And in my mind, I had told her, will you pray for me to be healed of allergies? Because this year was really, really bad to the degree where I couldn't like leave the house without some sort of nasal medicine just because it would be so overwhelming. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, couldn't breathe, had to sit up. It was really uncomfortable. So I told her in my head, but I didn't actually tell her, Will you you stand in the gap for me for prayer? Because I was working the whole week and couldn't make the service. So I'm working at my desk, and she had gone to the service, and all of a sudden my nose popped. And And I was so distracted by work, the Holy Spirit actually had to quicken me, and he goes, you just got healed. And I looked down at my watch, and it was the time of the service and so I texted Adriana I said hey did you by chance pray for healing for me and her sister had the phone and she said well she's up front getting prayer and he did just call out allergies so maybe she asked well long story short she the guy called out allergies and like really like specifically and in her head she's like oh yeah Lord just heal Paul and then she kind of stopped and went and kept getting healing for herself and she had an encounter with the Lord well, in like matter of moments, my nose was like completely opened and it's been dramatically improved ever since. So the Lord is good. Thanks. Even when you don't realize you didn't ask for it.
4: Oh, That's awesome. You can it. Oh, you. Hey, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for Paul's healing. Continue that healing. Finish it. Make it complete and everlasting for Paul and even give him anointing to heal people from allergies because I would love that my son would love it my wife half most of the people I know in Minnesota this area is just really tough for allergies so you would be a hot commodity if, if God did that so do it Lord and you know I want to go back to something that that um, Steve my dad said you know sometimes we do take for granted people praying for us Minnesotans, this is true, you probably know this, Minnesotans are great at giving. We're one of the top states per capita for charitable giving, donating time. We're a very giving people in this area, right? Regardless of race, people who live here, I think it's a gift from God. I think God's given us a gift of generosity. We're good at giving. We're not as good at receiving all the time. There's this Scandinavian, oh no, I, I'm fine. I don't need that. It's, let, let's, let's pray for that person. I'm okay. Anybody ever felt that way or seen that in someone else? No one's on it. Karen's honest, thank you. Uh, most of us do that, right? And we think of it as humility, but it's not if God says, hey, you need to be healed too. Then it can be false humility. It can almost be pride sometimes. Oh, I don't need prayer. That sounds more like pride than humility to me, right? And so this is something that I think we can work on as a church, as a people, to get better at receiving. Receiving from the Lord, receiving prayer from other people. Did you want to share something, Rob? Yeah. Do it. Somebody get that man a microphone. Well, it's,
3: it's just a petty thing, but I think it's a scam. I've been getting texts every day about something about, oh, you got, a, you're a, you got so much money coming. Uh, Nobody owes me anything.
4: (laughs) So, let's get better at receiving. It can be tough. So anybody who wants to just pray with me and receive this prayer, Holy Spirit, we ask you that you'd help us become better at receiving. And when we do that Minnesota nice thing, where we're like, oh no, I don't need it. That's okay, I don't need the prayer. Somebody else can have it. I pray that you would just tap our shoulder holy spirit and say no why don't you receive too receiving is good if it's from me and help us remember that remind us when we need it in jesus name amen sarah and it's a little
2: bit of a lack of faith like there's only so much so if i take some of god's grace then yes. maybe there's not enough for you which right. is completely not true that's right so it's not like i should get it and not you it's not an either or. That's and right. in fact, if you get it, you can give it away.
4: That's right. And so we think of it in human terms. And we can't help that because we're humans, right? So we think of it like a pie. There's only so much pie to give out, right? Well, the pie is infinite. That's a wonderful thought. Infinite pie. This is my new favorite analogy ever. Infinite pie. It doesn't run out. What God gives wants to give you actually doesn't have an end. I don't want to get to heaven and for God to say, "Oh, you were great Nate. Well done, good and faithful servant, etc. Glad to have you here." One thing though, you got about 7% of what I wanted to give you. 7%. That might actually be a high number to be honest with you. I think God has so much more that he wants to give us than we receive. So first we need to be willing to receive it. We need to get better at that. And then we need to start asking God for it. And then we need to start seeking after it. And then we need to start knocking at the door until it opens up. That's what God teaches us. I'm going to preach on that in a couple weeks. You've all heard that passage though. And what's that passage about? It's about the Holy Spirit. If your fathers... Being evil, which is a great line, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit? And so we need to get better at receiving to the point where we're not just receiving what he wants to give, we're asking for more. And then we're, we're tracking it down like bloodhounds. And then we're knocking on that door and we don't give up till he opens it up. That's where he wants to take us. So submit that to the Lord and ask him, how does this look in my own life? What am I supposed to be seeking? In 1 Corinthians 14, he says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. That phrase, eagerly desire, is a very earthy phrase. It means like a starving man looking for food kind of a thing. Someone dying in the desert of thirst. That's how we're supposed to seek after spiritual gifts. I will confess, I have not always been there. I should be asking God and seeking after spiritual gifts every day. I do eat every day, unless I'm like fasting or something, right? So we should be doing that, and we're not. So Holy Spirit, help us become better at receiving, better at seeking you. It's hard sometimes with the day-to-day of life. It's easy in this world to get distracted. I pray that you would help us keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I do actually have a sermon for real. That wasn't a joke. We might not get to it. I don't know. We'll just see what happens. Um, so last week we had one of our, what will become monthly, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.26 services. We're calling them. Uh, in that passage, you remember from last week, uh, the Apostle Paul says, when you get together, everybody brings something. Everybody brings something and share it with each other. And So we're trying to walk that out. We're trying to be faithful to what we feel God is calling us to do, which is to do that every month. And we're stumbling towards something and we're still learning how to do it, right? For example, I am asking the Lord to show us how do we do that for more introverted folks? Because it's easy to see how a more extroverted person, oh, I'll come with something to share. I love sharing things. But what about the other half of us, who are like, I, I'm not like super into sharing stuff. So where does that leave me, okay? So we're trying to figure that out. Maybe you can help us figure that out, and we can all figure this out together. How can we all bless each other, you know, contribute to what's going on, encourage each other, and share despite being different? having different experiences and different personalities and that sort of thing. So if you have some thoughts, share them with me. We are very teachable, or trying to be, um, as we follow what the Lord is calling us to do. And in that verse, one of the things it says is, let two or three people give a prophetic word, and then the rest of you weigh it. So it says, weigh it, weigh the prophetic word. And so that picture there, weigh, is a picture of the Greek idea of justice. You guys have seen these statues in front of courthouses. It's a nice lady with a blindfold on and the scales in her hands. You've seen that? That's an old Greek representation of justice. And so when Paul says the rest of you should weigh it, that's like weigh it on the scale to decide if it's true or not. By the way, she's blindfolded so that she's not prejudiced by what she sees so that justice doesn't dispense justice based on skin color or status or beauty or anything like that they just dispense it based on the weight of what's going on and so paul says wait weigh the words that come judge them test them to determine whether or not they're from god or not okay and this isn't just for prophetic words it's for teachings you hear a teaching you're like i'm not sure about that this is the same process okay um you read something from scripture you don't understand you uh Let's say you're praying about a problem you have, maybe you're looking for direction, you're looking for guidance, you're praying, and maybe right then, or maybe sometime later that day, a Bible passage comes to your mind, a story, and you're like, oh, that sort of relates to what I was praying for. Okay, is that just my brain connecting the dots, or is this God speaking to me right now? Is he giving me a rhema, now word, using the Logos scripture word of God? Is he speaking to me right now? Which one is it? I don't know. And so it's good to learn how to test these things, how to figure it out. Is the Lord speaking to me or not? And I've got 12 steps. And we don't have 12 steps worth of time, so we're gonna, we're gonna go a little quick. Um, that being said, if you have questions or wanna ask stuff, please do, because that's more important than me getting through my notes. That's only important to me. And I'm willing to let that go, because I am so humble. (laughs) Step one, humble yourself. Whoops. Um, So out of the 12 steps of how to test whether or not something is true, something is a word from God or not, step one is humble yourself. The issue, I apologize for all the wind noise, and appreciate your patience. Um, Could you do that? Thanks. And thank you to my wife, who is wonderful. She knows, but she likes hearing it. So we need to humble ourselves. One of the main roadblocks to hearing from God in the first place, and certainly to discerning whether or not what we're hearing from God is accurate, one of the main roadblocks is us. It's ourselves. It could be pride. We might not listen to something at all because we're like, I don't need to hear. Or we might say, oh, that can't be from God because it goes against my pride. The word says, humble yourself. Or the word says, you're doing it wrong. Be like, well, that can't be true because I'm awesome. So clearly, that is not the word from God. Um, So humbling ourselves is really important to put pride aside. That is step one. Step two is humble yourself, again. Our self gets in the way. And this is a whole nother sermon that I'll do sometime. But we all have filters in our brain. These filters are our own experience, our theological understanding, Our own desires, our own selfishness. All these things exist up here. And any word or potential word from God has to go through that filter before it gets to us. And so we have to be aware. Know thyself. You have to be aware of who you are and what are your, what are your hangups? What are your roadblocks? Thank you. I feel like I'm being donned with a mantle. Very wet, cold mantle. Thank you. I love it. Um, sorry, I lost track. Um, yourself gets in the way. Ourselves get in the way. So for example, our own theological understandings. If we're super hung up on the end times and that's all we care about, every word from God that we hear is going to get some little end timesy thing attached to it because that's what we really care about. Or if it's politics, what we hear is going to somehow get filtered into politics because that's what we care about, right? And so we all have ourself, and it's important to be aware of that. I'm gonna give you an example of this. So, in February of 2015, I got a word from God about revival, and this word was that it's coming soon, it's a done deal, the date is set, this is happening for real soon. And I heard that word, and I know myself. See, I've been praying for revival for 20 years. God's been speaking to me about a coming great awakening for 20 years. And so I really wanted to hear that word. I've been praying for that word since I was 17 years old. And so when I heard it, I was like, praise God, but maybe this is wishful thinking. Maybe I just really wanted to hear that word and that's not what God was saying, okay? Because I know myself and I know that that could have just been my desire getting in the way. So in order to test that word, I wanted to bring it to somebody else, so I prayed, and God said, why don't you talk to Paul? I hadn't talked to Paul for a while, so I emailed Paul, hey, got this word, what do you think? We need to talk, or we need to meet, no, actually, it just said, let's meet, two words, typical Paul Anderson email response, if you've ever emailed Paul, uh, you know what I'm talking about, let's meet, okay, so you can like give me deliverance, like why, okay, whatever, and some of you know the story, I showed up, Paul had been getting the same word so we prayed together about it for a few weeks we read the scriptures we studied we prayed and we both discerned that yeah this is really from god we feel like this is a word from the lord and that's when paul and i started working together and that's why i'm here now because of that word in large part at least that's what kind of got the ball rolling and but i was aware because i try to know myself i asked the holy spirit to help teach me about myself right and so i was like okay maybe this is from God I really hope it is but I don't want to jump the gun I don't want to say it's definitely from God because I know I want it to be or it could be it could be some other self thing in you and so we need to humble ourselves we need to take our self our own desires our own understandings our own theological positions whatever it is we need to take that stuff and set it aside and then listen and ask the Lord to speak does that kind of make sense? So that's step two is humble yourself. Step three is also humble yourself. Surprise move. We have to humble ourselves. This is the most important thing, if you're not getting this. Step four, humble yourself. Step five and six, humble yourself. Steps one through six out of 12 are humble yourself. Are you getting the point I'm trying to lay down? This is the most important thing. It is hard to hear from God, when all that's in our head is us, when all that's in our heart is our own needs, our own desires, where is God going to sneak in there? We need to try to humble ourselves, lay our future before the Lord, lay the answer before the Lord, lay Isaac before the Lord. Is that going to be better? Please clap. We appreciate you guys a lot. Um, as you know, CJ does a lot of work here. And he's gone this weekend doing a servant event um, in Rochester for the next several days. But he does every year. He's going to be outside in the heat serving the city of Rochester. So you can pray for CJ and pray. F- I will be praying for CJ because I very much know what it's like to be overheated. Um, but please pray for him this week. And. We thank you, Lord, for CJ, and I know that Brent and Isaiah thank the Lord for CJ a lot um, right now. And so we should give him a big welcome next week when he comes back. So thanks, guys, for stepping up. So humble yourself, humble yourself, and when in doubt, humble yourself again. Always assume that you could be wrong. Always assume that you might not have heard right. Always assume that even if you heard right, you might have misinterpreted it. Be humble. And not just you, somebody else. Somebody gave me a word. Okay, praise God. I'm going to bring that word to the Lord. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's not. Don't judge it one way or another, including if it's a word you don't like. They gave me a word. I don't like that word. That could be the Holy Spirit talking to you, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it also could be yourself jumping in the way, saying, that that goes against what I want to do. No, bad word, bad, naughty. I rebuke you. The Holy Spirit's like, don't rebuke me. I'm going to keep coming at you. And by the way, when it's a word or an idea or a teaching that we don't like, it will often come from other people because we can't hear it. Because our self is too loud. Our biases are too loud. God is trying to tell us all the time, and we're ignoring it. Some of that ignoring is subconscious. Some of it is conscious. Well, that can't be true. That's, you know. And so God will often have to send other people. There have been occasions in scripture where God sent animals to tell people what was up because they refused to listen. And that was a prophet, right? I love that story, by the way. Talking donkeys are always fun. So step one through step six, humble yourself. That's the first step to testing whether or not a word is really from the Lord. Step seven, you don't have to number these, does it agree with Scripture? This is this is number one. It's not number seven. I'm getting confused there. Um, does it agree with Scripture? Who inspired all the words of this? The Holy Spirit. Sunday school question, right? Good job, Andrew. The Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you now through Scripture, through a teaching, through a prophetic word, or just you know to yourself, is He going to contradict what He's already said? No. He's not going to contradict himself, right? He knows who he is. He's eternal. He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't grown in his understanding over the last 2,000 years. I see the world better now than I did when I was young. No, he's eternal. He's God. He, he saw this moment back before the foundation of the world. That's what the Bible says, okay? Time ain't no thing to God. And so he's not going to contradict himself. So he's not going to say something that goes against what Scripture says. This is one of the most important reasons why we need to keep this in our hearts, right? So that we can test the word. It's also one of the primary ways, of course, God speaks to us. And it's much easier for God to speak through Scripture when Scripture's in our hearts because he can be like, ding, that one, that one. There's your answer. Praise God. I can't tell you how many times God has brought a scripture to my mind or a passage or a Bible character or something like that to my mind. And sometimes I understand exactly what he means right away. And sometimes I'm like, what? Joseph, the high priest, who was that? I I don't even know. So I got to look it up. And then I got to pray, God, what does this mean? And then I try to humble myself and I try to listen. And sometimes that process might take days or weeks. And then it's like, oh, is this what you're saying? And if it's a big deal, I bring it to other people. This isn't one of my ones on the list, but it is an important theme. When we're not sure about a word, bring it to somebody else. I text my family all the time about stuff. I'm thinking this, Blake, Steph, you have a better gift of discernment than I do. Tell me what's going on here. Mom, Dad, what do you think? okay that's humbling right text other people say you need help text your younger sibling who was born when you were 14 years old and say help me discern this I'm bragging on my humility that's that's a I'm not okay I'll work on that (laughs) always my wife first Um, and she says no don't spend that money and I say "Okay." and so I do that, and I encourage that for everybody here, especially if, it's, if the word or what you're seeking from God has something to do with guidance. It can be very hard to hear sometimes with guidance and with steps and directions and what should we do next. So I encourage you, bring that here. Bring that to people here. Say, hey, I'm praying about something I need to hear from God. I think, I think God might be saying this, but I'm not sure. Will you listen with me? Will you pray with me? Will you stand with me? That's what we're for, right? Just like we're not supposed to do the Minnesota Nights and be like, oh, I don't need prayer, I don't need anything. We're not supposed to say, oh, I'm going to be all on my own with this word and I'll figure it all out by myself. No, that's not in here. That's not in here. Go by yourself and never talk to another person and God will speak to you. That worked for like Moses. That's it. Even Elijah wasn't supposed to do that. He kind of got called out for it. So we need each other. And that's something we can grow on, I think, as a church is sharing with each other and listening and receiving what it is uh, that the Lord is saying. And so, does it agree with Scripture or not? And ask the Lord to, sh- to tell you. If you're not sure whether or not it agrees with Scripture, again, ask a couple people. Is this, is this okay? Does this sound reasonable or not? And if it passes the Scripture test, great. And again, Scripture being different from your own theological understanding. Because it could be God's trying to change your mind on something. Okay? So just be open to that and be humble. If it doesn't jive with Scripture, chuck it. That either wasn't from God or it wasn't for me or, or something and just, just leave it alone. And do it humbly and say, okay, God, I'm putting this down because I don't think this was from you. It doesn't seem to drive the scripture with me. But if I'm wrong, remember that humility thing, but if I'm wrong, please give it to me again through somebody else or through another way because I'm missing it. So toss the word and then be open again to receive from God if you're wrong. You might be wrong. We're often wrong. Anybody else sometimes wrong? good. Nobody here hears God perfectly. If you do, let me know. I'd love to hear from you and learn from you. Okay, number whatever we're on. Number whatever. Judge it by its fruit. Matthew 7, Jesus says you judge a tree by its fruit. A bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. And so you judge a word by its fruit. What does this word produce right now in my heart? What is it going to produce in my life? Or maybe you start taking steps towards walking into that word, and then you look at what it's producing. And maybe what it's producing is bad, maybe it's not good. Um, And we're going to get to some more uh, specific examples of that in a minute. Uh, The next one, does it glorify Christ? Jesus said of the Holy Spirit in John 16, He will glorify me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit never doesn't do that. I talk words good. The Holy Spirit always glorifies Christ. That's what he does. He can't help it. He loves to do it. And this is what we learn about love. And uh, Paul McKenzie shared you know, a, a wonderful sermon um, about doing that a couple of weeks ago. And about how the Trinity loves the Trinity. And how we learn about the love of God from that. There's a lot to learn. And so the Holy Spirit loves to say Jesus is the man. He is it. And glorify who Jesus is and so if the word or the teaching or the idea or whatever doesn't bring glory to Christ that's not a good sign okay if it brings glory to someone else more than Christ not a good sign maybe it got polluted along the way or maybe it was never from God to begin with okay does it glorify Christ that's what the Holy Spirit does and so a true word a true teaching a truth any truth will glorify Christ because that's what the Holy Spirit does he can't help it um, Revelation 19:10 says the spirit or the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and that means a couple things one it means any testimony you give is prophetic any testimony you give about jesus has prophetic power behind it it's not just words it's not just a story there's a prophetic power the same power that spoke to the whirlwind and it created an army out of dead bones that same prophetic power is in every testimony you give to somebody else anytime you say this is what god did for me this is what he did in my life he healed me i could have died whatever the testimony is that carries prophetic power with it so don't Don't worry about whether or not you're a good speaker or whether or not you like sharing testimonies. None of that matters because it's prophetic. There's power behind it because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Another thing it means is that every prophetic word is going to testify to Jesus. Every true word is going to testify to who Jesus is. They're they're inextricably linked, okay? Um, I'll, I'll keep going. So does it glorify Christ? Next. And this is all kind of part of the fruit Judge a tree by its fruit thing. Uh, Does it produce freedom or bondage? This is a big one um, that I added later on. I I wrote the bones of this over a decade ago, but I've added to it over the years. And one is, does the word produce freedom or bondage? Sometimes you'll get a word, but it, it actually is a word of kind of legalism, or it's a word of you must do this or else, or it's a word that creates some kind of bondage, the most common bondage being fear. Okay, fear is not of God. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of what? Power. Interesting that that comes first. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power. You are not powerless. He has given you power. Love, the strongest thing there is, and a sound mind, because that's what fear tries to do. It messes with your head, right? God hasn't given you that. Perfect love is the remedy. Perfect love casts out fear. And so if a word brings fear, it's not of God. And you might hear somebody say something to you or read a teaching or something like that, but if it brings fear, it's not of God. And now, sometimes the way that happened was the word started out good and there was a little bit of God in it, but then it came through a person who attached all their own junk, you know? Like God, they, the person, I'm just gonna make up an example of stuff I've really heard, <laughs> but it's just an example. Um, the person, I think, was sensing that God was saying, I'm doing something soon. Be watchful, I'm doing something soon. I think that's what they were sensing. But what they said was, look out, God is bringing judgment to America. Buy gold, get a cabin in the woods. I really heard this from someone who is supposed to be important and has written books, okay? And I heard that, and I immediately went, ah. nope. Now, even if there was a nugget of truth there, all that does is breed fear. That's it. That's all, all that's going to do is breed fear. That's, that's not from God. It's garbage. Second of all, it doesn't agree with Scripture. It's theologically inaccurate. God's desire is not to judge. God's desire is mercy. God's desire is revival. God's desire is redemption. If you wanted to judge, we all would have been dead a long time ago. Okay? He judged Jesus for us. That was the point of Jesus, right? So anyway, it doesn't pass any of the tests. I'm like, nope, that's garbage. But it, it brought fear to people. And I could see people being like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I'm like, uh So I spent the rest of the meeting like, doing warfare against that word. It was not from God. Now, like I said, I don't think the person meant to give a false word. Who would mean to give a false word? That's ridiculous. This person was a good, godly person. I believe that, Okay? But what happened was they have their filters of I'm angry in America because of, fill in the blank, elections was probably the reason in this case. But I'm mad in America because of what's happening. And because I'm mad, God's going to judge them because a lot of people just really want to see God judge because that's who they are. I want to judge them. And so that's what my God wants to do too. Again, do you see where self is a problem? Steps one through six, humility, very important. This person didn't do steps one through six, or he only did it once instead of all six times. And so all of his own, this is really funny, it's like blowing up. the face. All of him, now I said it was a man, I shouldn't have done that. All of this person got attached to that word they gave, and it turned into junk. It ruined it, okay? And so this is something to keep in mind, too, when we are giving words to folks try to just get the give the nutshell of what you hear this all i heard was peace and then maybe tell the person and pray about it together and maybe god will give you more maybe not but try not to give the interpretation of what you think the word meant just give the word just give the exact picture of what you saw and then if you want you can ask them i think i maybe know what that means do you want me to share it or not and if they do you can share it but then say but that's that's just what I think it was. I don't know, okay? I don't know for sure. This was the word, bring this to the Lord. And let them judge it, let them test it. Um, I have so many stories about that. I'll tell the story of my brother, who I've, I've told this before, but he was at a conference, and uh, a guy up front, he was a prophetic guy, and he was calling people out and giving words to people in public, right? Nothing wrong with that. Um, he had my brother step up, and he said, you are called to be a preacher. I see you preaching on, in bigger and bigger crowds of people something like that and my brother knows he's not called to be a pastor he's like but the guy's like you're called to be a pastor and so afterwards my brother went up to him and said hey can i talk to you about the word he's like sure uh what exactly did you hear like specifically what did you hear and the guy's like well actually i saw it he's like okay what exactly did you see well i saw that you're supposed to be a pastor well but what did you see though what actually did you see And the guy said, well, I saw you in teaching, preaching in front of a big crowd of people. And I felt like that was going to happen in your future and it was going to grow. And you were going to be preaching in front of big crowds of people. So that's all the guy saw. He didn't see that Matt was going to become a pastor. That was his interpretation. In his mind, if you're preaching in front of big crowds of people, you must be a pastor, which is like a little elitist, right? A lot of people are called to preach who aren't pastors. I mean, I might be pastoring now. I'm not actually super pastoral. Don't tell anybody. And so, and Matt just left it at that. He didn't confront the guy because that that wasn't necessary. But Matt's like, okay, so the word was, I'm going to keep preaching. He preaches like once a month or whatever at his church. He's an elder, stuff like that. And so God was saying, that's going to keep happening. Keep investing in this, in your life, and God's going to keep using it. He wasn't saying Matt's going to be a pastor. But that guy gave the interpretation instead of just giving what he actually saw. And so let's, let's try to be careful of that. And if someone does give us a prophetic word or whatever, let's try to maybe get at the nutshell. What did you actually see? Okay, and then bring that before the Lord and weigh it. God, is this for me? Is this not? So does it produce freedom or bondage? That word to my brother could have produced bondage. Oh, you're saying I'm wrong? I've been wrong all my life about my career and what I'm supposed to do? I'm supposed to be a pastor that I really don't want to do? Now, sometimes God calls us to do stuff we don't want. I don't, I'm hot right now. I don't want to be here. Uh so sometimes God does that, and that's legitimate. Uh, but in this case, it wasn't. It brought, it brought bondage, if my brother had accepted it, if he had received that word, which he didn't. He's like, nope, that's, he got it wrong. The important guy up front got it wrong. It happens. We get it wrong. Paul gets it sometimes gets it wrong. I get it wrong more often. It happens, okay? And so, if, by the way, if I ever say anything to you that you think I got wrong, let me know. Otherwise, I'll go on thinking i awesome. I mean, I already think that, but I'll think it even more. It'll be a problem. It'll become a problem. I'll have to do seven steps of humility. Okay, so does it produce freedom or bondage? If it produces fear, it is bad. It's not of God. God, God is, doesn't, he doesn't work with fear. Fear is an unauthorized method of getting you to do what you need to do. Need. Need is an authorized method. God uses that in scripture a lot. He uses need. Hey, Israel, you starving? Maybe trust me. Okay, But that's need. That's not fear. It's difference. Okay, Because God is like, I'm always going to protect you. I'm always going to take care of you. So there's no room for fear. So if a word brings fear um, or something other than freedom, just just pitch it and and leave it alone. God's always going to act in love. The purpose of a prophetic word or a teaching is to build you up, to encourage you. Okay. And occasionally he does give a word of warning. Hey, don't go onto the street. You're going to get hit by a car. Okay. Sometimes he does that, but that's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, whoa, slam on your brakes kind of fear. That's good. That's a good kind of fear, right? You don't want to get hit by a car. Um, But the, the, the other kind of fear, that's bad. Um, And then the last one I'm going to talk about tonight (coughs) is, um, or this morning, does it seem right to the Holy Spirit within you? in Acts, the leaders of the church in Antioch were getting together, and then they said, it seems right to us and to the Holy Spirit to do this thing. It seems right to us and to the Holy Spirit. So, how did they know thank you, how did they know it seemed right to the Holy Spirit? Well, they asked him. So, what probably happened is somebody on the elder team either got a word from God or had an idea that was God-inspired or something that, hey, we should send out, you know, Paul and Barnabas Barnabas right yeah to do missionary work somebody had the idea or God spoke to him or it was vision something and so they brought it to the team and they said hey this is what I saw and so they're like okay let's pray about that that's a big deal so they prayed about it and they all felt the spirit in them say yeah that's right or maybe they felt a sense of peace about the decision maybe they took a step towards that direction and then felt, yeah, they felt a sense of peace, this is right, this is what we should do. So that's what they mean by it seemed right to us and the Holy Spirit, and they were in agreement. So multiple people all saying, I believe this is what the Spirit is saying. And some, some of us have experienced that you know, before. God wants us all to experience that. The more practice we get at hearing the voice of God in general, the better we're gonna get at this one, at discerning when the Holy Spirit's saying yes to something or when he's saying no to something. And maybe we've all experienced this time where the Holy has said has said no to something. Uh, in Scotland, we, Sarah and I did a semester in Scotland shortly after we were married. And when we first got there, we were church hopping, just experiencing, you know, what's church like in Scotland? And we, uh, we went to this one church we want, we, uh, because they were picking people up from school and we didn't have a car. So that's where we went. And we got in there, we sat in the pew. And after about a minute, I was like, there's something wrong here. This is, this is bad. This feels gross. There's something wrong. And I don't have a strong gift of discernment. We all have discernment, all of us, because we have the Holy Spirit in here. And sometimes he says, warning, 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 bad stuff. Some people have higher gifts of discernment than others, right? I'm actually fairly low or middling, okay? And I'm like, ugh. And I turned to Sarah, and I said, there's something wrong here, right? And she goes, totally so it seemed to us and the Holy Spirit that there was something not good. So then we prayed quickly Do we leave? Like it's about to start. Do we leave? Do we stay? And I felt okay about staying. And I was sort of curious. Um, and what we were feeling specifically is this feels culty. This feels culty. This feels like a cult. We hadn't seen anything, there was no evidence that there was some culty stuff happening. We just sensed it the holy spirit in us was like gross super gross go not good um and it was totally right by the way i could i could tell the whole story but it it was if not a literal cult it was super cult adjacent you know like they didn't they didn't use instruments they only sang and they only sang from the psalms and they cut out all the psalms and parts of psalms that had instruments in them because as soon as I saw what was happening, there's, there's no instruments. There's just one person singing, and we're only singing the psalms. I immediately turned to Psalm 150, which is praise the Lord with lute and harp and with tambourine and singing and loud, clashing cymbals. And I'm like, how are they going to deal with this one? Oh, they cut it out. That's the only way you deal with that one. And then I checked a couple of those places where it mentions instruments, and they just cut those parts out. Anytime you start taking a scissors to this, you've lost the plot already, right? I mean, that's pretty much duh. So I'm like, okay. And I had never heard of that as like a denominational thing. So, so uh, it was weird and it continued to be weird and weirder. And they, they had picked us up from um, the university, but they didn't drive us home. They wanted us to go with one of them to their house for like the day and have dinner and stuff. And we're like, yeah, we got stuff to do, like not be indoctrinated into your cult, for example. And so then we had to pay for a cab home because it was the other side of Aberdeen. And, and we were poor, and that was annoying. But it was an interesting experience, and so I've gotten some mileage out of it as an example of, hey, listen to the Holy Spirit within you. Because sometimes he's going to raise that red flag and be like, whoa, something's going on. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to the warning. Pay attention to the red flag, OK? Because it probably means something, something's not right. Something's up. The Holy Spirit will do the opposite and he will say this is good. This is right Even when you're not sure yourself. I was at when I was in uh, master's institute in seminary I uh, was at a conference. Graham cook was the guy teaching and he was teaching on something that I had never heard before And I was like, I don't know I don't know about this. I'm, I'm a bible teacher And so like I have to research and I have to know and I have to conclude and understand before I'm comfortable with an idea, right? That's just me and so I'm like, mm, I will hear you again on this, you know? Um, and so I'm in my mind starting to trail off to think about whether or not what he said was right. And the Holy Spirit said, stop it, it's right, listen. And so the sp- I, in my mind, was like, I don't know, tending towards maybe no. But that was, in, in retrospect, my own pride, thinking I know everything. If there's something I've never heard, it can't be God. I would not have consciously ever thought that, but eh, a little bit I thought that, right? And so that's actually what was happening, I think, um, at least part of it. Uh, But God was saying, shut up, shut up, shut up. This is good. Listen to this. It was like, and I was like, whoa, okay. That was like a really strong reaction. All right, I will pay attention. And it was great stuff. It's stuff I've taught here. So listen listen and the more we practice hearing the voice of God the better we'll get at listening and so if you're wondering is something a teaching a word a prophetic word something that you feel like God is saying to you if you're wondering is this true or is this not is this a spirit is this not Um, ask the Holy Spirit within you to witness to it and oftentimes, the spirit will give a sense of peace That's, that's one of the big ones that a lot of people experience you know I don't know but I just I feel okay I feel good I have a sense of peace about it. That's especially true with direction, decisions, guidance. Sometimes we have to be like, all right, uh, I think this way. And we take a step in that way. We say, okay, God, I'm not totally sure which way to go, but I feel like it's maybe this way. I'm going, here I go. I'm going this way. Stop me if it's bad. Okay, I trust you, I trust you. And we take a step. And then we're like, yeah, okay, okay. Sometimes we take that step and we're like, Ugh! just kidding. I, I'm going to go this way. If it's wrong, tell me. So, again, humility, 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 humility. That's, that's how we walk. We walk on our knees. And God wants to speak to us. We're all His sheep. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice they learn to recognize me they won't listen to another voice because they don't recognize that voice, they listen to me because they recognize the voice of their shepherd And so the more we learn how to hear God's voice recognize the spirit within us, the more we're going to be able to test the word well and to say that's good, that I'm not sure about that I need to talk to my friends about this one I don't think I could hear even if I wanted to because it's too much of me, too much of myself, I need to ask other people to help me with it um, I'm gonna close in prayer and say the benediction because we're we're there time-wise, but then afterwards if anybody has any questions, you're welcome to ask. Father God, I thank you that you speak to your people and I thank you that you make it clear in scripture how we can test whether or not something is from you or not. To know, is that scripture I thought of after I prayed, is that scripture just something in the Bible that I've read, that my mind connected, or is that scripture something you're telling me right now, through your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you will lead us and guide us and answer those questions. We pray, Lord, that you would open up your word to us, open up your scripture. If we're not spending time reading it, I pray that we would make the time to read it more and to live in your word. And every time we we do read the Bible, I pray that you would help us to remember to ask you to speak to us right now. Speak to us as we read. The Holy Spirit who wrote this scripture wants to speak to you today about what's going on today in your life. So Lord, help us to do that. We are babies learning how to walk and we're not sure how to do it and we're a little intimidated and we fall sometimes. I pray that you would help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you may he look upon you with favor and give you his peace in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit